Hello and welcome to another GB Weekend Watch, again kindly sponsored by Bet UK. I am joined by Gigi's top two tipsters, Andrew Mount and Daryl Carter. However, before we get stuck into the horses, we do need to address the elephant in the room. That's not me calling you an elephant in the room, Daryl. But Daryl, <laughs> you will have seen on Twitter that Daryl is moving on to Pastures New from the beginning of next week. So from next Monday, this will be his last ever weekend watch. Off the record, he has promised me that he's going to give us all seven winners. So there's no pressure there. But I just want to thank you, Daryl, on behalf of Gigi and just with everyone, all the followers, all the people that have been there for over the years watching you progress because you have smashed it you've gone from strength to strength you've earned every single opportunity you've brought upon yourself all the way up to this deal you've got with i don't even know if that'd be mentioned so we won't mention them but you've seen it as well like you've got it on your own backing right sbc best free tips to two years on a spin your profit and loss speaks for itself the level of detail you go into the big price winners that you've thrown in there so big thank you from me as a punter and a follower of your stuff big thanks from Gigi as well for everything that you've done you probably need to say a few words to address your loving audience before we crack on with the horses but also you guys out there right you know how much Darren appreciates your support he does it because he loves passing on his information his knowledge to people he likes to try and help everyone out there so drop a comment on the video to say thanks to daryl any memories of your best prize winners like the video subscribe to the channel but daryl do you have any parting words that you haven't already shared on twitter for all those fans out there uh yeah yeah obviously yeah like just a massive thanks to, to everyone at gg really um andrew mount i've learned so much from him over the last couple of years you know um the man of wisdom um and always there to sort of pick you up as well when the Things are not going your way, so I, I really appreciate that. I'm sure I'll uh, always be texting Andrew when things are going wrong, thinking that oh. send me the same line text message. Change my number. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the guys at GG, obviously behind the scenes that people don't see as well, we report to every single day, work tirelessly, and uh, are just trying to do the best by by everybody that's using the website, etc. Um, Shame Kate's not here because I'd like to thank Kate as well because she's been uh, influential in this podcast over the last 12, 12 months or so. Um, but yeah, it's emotional, but um, you know, I, I've got to give this a go. I have to give this a go. It's, it's been a dream of mine to go and work for Betfair and uh, I am going to have to just give it a go and, and hopefully we continue progressing up the ladder. So yeah, just a massive thanks to everybody that's watching. Um, I really, really, really appreciate the support because I couldn't do it without them. So thanks, Dave. Good man. Andrew, do you want to say anything to him while we've got this window? Because I want to crack on with the tip. No, really. move on. no, no <laughs> I do. So, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot from Daryl. I've, I've learned that you can't drink red wine, white wine and beer in the same 10 minute period during the same meal at the Derby Awards uh, <laughs> last year. And um, yeah, he's changed hands for more than uh, Declan Rice. So congratulations to him. <laughs> I, I, I do fear for his wife with their well, wife to be with their wedding night coming up because uh, he's going to say, sorry, love, I'm exclusive to Betfair. So <laughs> hands off. <laughs> let's get some winners tips come on yeah, come on beautiful well that's it you have been professional throughout your career so you're going to continue that right we're going to get seven itv races covered here we've got uh four from newcastle i think three from newmarket we'll run through them we'll get your guys advice where you're going to put up a selection for every single one i'm going to get a nap from you at the end of the video i'll also ask you if there's anything across the weekend the viewers should be keeping their eye on so basically any other bets out there all of those bets and the naps and everything will be shown on a still at the end of the video so make sure you hang around i've already said it but like the video subscribe to gg and let's crack on so the first race is on the tapita i think i said that right the 12 20 newcastle is the Jennings bet festival handicap it's a class two it's over six furlongs um 
I think this was a race that has been won by a couple drawn in stall 11 the last two years, but there's only nine runners, so that's the end of my insight for it. Andrew, you're the man that will know how to find us a winner in this type of race. Can you pick us off? Yeah, certainly the last five winners have uh, all been drawn in double figures. So, I mean, generally speaking, you know, middle to high on the straight course at Newcastle, there are exceptions to the rule, as there are to most rules. But uh, um, I wanted to take on the top of the market here, Dave. Uh, Retier, I thought, was flattered when winning at Haydock last time. It's a horse who had been a little bit difficult to win with, often placing when you thought he should have won. And... Um, uh, yeah, and I, I thought that Haydock win came because he was drawn on the far sides where it was the, the bias had switched from the previous Haydock meeting when they were all winning down the stand side. Lethal Levi is has yet to race on the all-weather. And, uh, I mean, you say uh, Tapato, I say Tapita, Potato, Potato. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll all call the whole thing off. But, uh, yeah, Lethal Levi's style, Lethal Force, doesn't have the greatest record uh, on Tapita in general. Um, three from 55 over this course and distance. So I'll be slightly concerned about the switch of surface. Magical Spirit um, is one that uh, I'm uh, slightly concerned about. His record here in Class 3 or higher company he has won here, but he's tend to, when he runs well here, it's tended to be in Class 4 or 5 level some time ago. So a little bit of concern about that. Um, Batal Dubai, I thought maybe needs longer between races. Um, 26 day absence might not be enough. The one I keep coming back to is Soldier's Minute for the soon to be retiring Keith Dalglish, like Daryl, soon to be retiring. And uh, yeah, he, he ran a good race at York last time uh, in, a, in a draw bias race where he was down the near side. And you look at some of the horses, he finished fourth of 15. Um, the winner was drawn two, runner up drawn seven. You look at the horses who were drawn high that day and raced down the near side. Uh, a bait was third from store 14, one next time out, and then returned. Uh, um, Soldier's Minute um, was uh, next best of the stand side bunch. Uh, Gaffin Far uh, finished fifth from store 15, placed next time. As if by chance, six from store 13. A winner next time out at Windsor, and there's plenty even further down there who've sort of improved their RPR after running nowhere from high draws in that race. So yeah, Soldiers Minute for me, still three of nine. Would choose a higher draw if I had the choice, but I'll take the chance at a price. Superb, Daryl. I've got any. I've only got like recent stats, so the last couple of years. But five-year-old won the last twice. Andrew hasn't mentioned him, but Gordon Elliott sent one in it, and it's the only five-year-old in the field. Got a line on Coachella as well as yeah. your best bet of the race. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's quite interesting actually. He's two for two, uh, two wins and two placed efforts from eight runs on the on the uh, on the all weather, and this is a big drop in grain to what he's used to. You'd have to forgive the uh, the, the current run last time. It was a really tame finishing effort behind Art Power, but that was in Group Two company. Like he's easily a class above this this level, but he's carrying ten stone two. He's off a hundred and four. Um, he's, he doesn't look particularly well handicapped. He's hard to sort of uh, trust, I suppose, um, but. He is drawn well in stall eight, and I do like high drawn runners at, at Newcastle, and he is one that very much interests me, that's for sure. Gordon Elliott actually hasn't got a good record on the flat when he's sending his um sending runners on the all weather or all or, or on turf, actually. Um, but he's definitely one that interests me. The other one is Batal Dubai, who Andrew mentioned for, for Harry Roger Charlton, another one drawn high in stall nine. I thought he uh shaped quite nicely at Windsor on his seasonal return. He was just sort of shuffled out of mid-pack out into the center of the track at Windsor. That's not where you want to be. You want to be down the stands rail if you can help it. First three or four who came home uh, in front there came down that stand side route. And I thought it was a nice sort of um, 
comeback run really it was his first run since october 2022 when he ran on heavy ground i thought that's easily excusable and uh he run really nicely albeit in a much lesser race than this uh last september in newcastle but he's an improving three-year-old gets a bit of weight he's actually getting chunks away from most of the field in there um and i thought he just might go well against the stand side rail so battle dubai around eight to one do for me superb right Crack on to the second race that's being covered, which is the 1240 at Newmarket. It's the Empress Phillies Stake. It's a listed race over six furlongs. There's been some reasonable winners in this in the previous years. Um, it looks like it's a pretty steady field in terms of we've got quite a few runners in there, but there is a pretty solid favourite in there. Five to four star of Mysteriosity at the minute. Lucky number seven as well. Daryl, give me a reason why it can't win. Uh, I thought it was flattered at uh, Haydock last time, track position. And uh, you play that against another race on the car and it doesn't look as impressive as the 11-length 11 11-length win suggests. Um, I was you to say. Yeah, I was pretty <laughs> sure they were going to put this all towards the top of the market. William Buick, Charlie Apple with the new market. Horses won by 11 lengths last time, unexposed. So um, I quite like the, the chance of what a question for Charlie Johnston uh, and James Doyle. This horse did impress me at Goodwood when winning a good time figure. Uh, she ran going away, one going away in a maiden um, there. You haven't got a lot to go on, obviously. A lot of these only had a couple of runs, but it was really quite taking the way uh, the way she picked up. And given that she's uh, handled the undulations of Goodwood in terms of undulation, I mean, like a downhill track. These this new market um, July course is like a bloody wave. It's, it's up and down all over the place. But that would hold her in good stead for this. I think uh, she'll be running promptly, and it'll be a case of if there's something better to pick her up, they will. But It'll, it'll take a good one to pick her up, I think. Recording an RPR of 84 on debut is, is, is pretty good going. So what a question for me. Superb. Andrew, how do you see this race? Yeah, some interesting stats with this. The uh, the Empress Stakes, um, like nine of the last 10 winners finished first or second last time out. And it's a good race for horses who've had just one previous run. Now, uh, 28 horses rocked up here having finished first or second on their sole previous outing. Five of those won for a profit of £13.83. There's only a couple of qualifiers. Point of attack and what a question. Um, what a question. The Charlie Johnson runner, very, very impressive at Goodwood uh, last time. That was on good to firm ground. One by, what was it, um, four and a half, four and three quarter length, something like that. Um, by Lope de Vega, I don't think the um, slower ground, officially good to soft with new market when we're recording this on Thursday, is going to be a problem. That will have dried out by Saturday. So, yeah, I'll go for what a question to maintain his 100% uh, record. The stars have aligned. We're only into race two. Twitter, the whole world knows it as well, especially if it's a nap. When you two come together, absolute banker material. So that was a nice and easy one, wasn't it? Back to the to Peter. To Peter. Back you to Peter. Your, you can tell you're jumping. Back to the all weather. That's back to the all weather. Twelve fifty-five at Newcastle. Chip Chase Stakes at Group Three. Again, it's over six furlongs, like the last race. We have. Installed as favourite at the time of recording. Slowly loading up. Rad's the brief is four to one and Tiber flows four to one too. Spy catches in there at nine to two. Witch hunters at five to one. We've got Mount Athos at eleven to two. This was a race that I struggled to get my head round. I was looking for some clues in the market, so I'm gonna have to ask you two guys instead. Andrew, how do you see this? Because it looks potentially in the market much more competitive than the last race we looked at. Yeah, this is very tricky. I normally find a bet in this race. Um, I think it was Anaf I bet last year. It was second at sixteen to one. Um, although it was well beaten, and uh, I'm struggling this time around. Um, uh, I was interested in Mount Athos after the window, um, but the trouble with him, he's been beaten every time he's run on a straight course, and uh, he's got a really good record around a turn. Uh, I'd say every time around a straight, on a straight course, he's, he's done it twice, but he does race keenly. 
So uh, I think even though he's coming back in trip from seven to six, which is potentially a good move, you know, maybe he's just going to race choke out, you know, if he can't get cover. Um, so he's, he's always, he's, he's unbeaten on the all weather, but those both came at Kempton over seven furlongs. So I'm going to, I'm going to return to my uh, uh, spy catcher. It was uh, one I put up when he won it um, first. I think it was on Debbie this year at, uh, on soft ground. Since then, he's gone to the Victoria Cup, run, run a good race, finishing fourth at 22 behind Rebel Territory. And um, he, he's back on the all weather. He, he has, he's won at Lingfield. Uh, he disappointed um, in this race last year, but he was at least seven, seven to two, and then basically he was roughed up after that and gelded. So there's clearly, you know, that wasn't his running. So I think it's safe to forgive that, and um, it will give him another chance to spy catcher a bigger price than he was in this race last year. Superb, Daryl. This is not the type of race you'd like to get stuck into. We've got eight runners, some juicy prizes in there. Yeah, spy catcher for me as well. I'm just hoping, <gasps> I'm just hoping that Clifford Lee can like he's birthed directly in the middle. I'm just hoping he's going to come towards the stand side as opposed to go on the far side of the track like he has done the last few times he's run at this track um if he goes over the far side i'd be worried for him but uh hopefully he can, he can come sort of towards the stand side but i've really fancied this horse because i woke him at ascot last week but he, he turned out to be a non-runner and i really fancied him for it because i think he's a sick furlong horse um you go back to his run at york last year behind highfield princess in a clip of logistics it was a fantastic run he had minzow in behind him highfield princess ahead of him it was a cracking run. He's got a good piece of form here um, at the All-Weather Champions Champion Stakes uh, last year in April behind Buttermont, or Butamont. Um, I think that's a, a decent piece of form in the context of this race. I just think he's in good heart. And coming back to six is definitely going to suit him. So uh, I think there's a good bit of pace in here as well with Mount Athos and Prince of Perlo's likely to go forward. I uh, don't think um, Brad Debris brief would be too far away either. So hopefully Spycatch can get a job done. I do quite like him for this year. Happy days. And there was a horse last year, wasn't there? Trusham that skipped Ascot, came here, bolted up on the weather. So maybe it's worth paying attention to those that were ready for maybe a bigger meeting than they could be coming in here. So you're both in agreement again with third races in. Daryl's already showing signs that he's giving up because he's just copying Andrew every single race. I'm going to make you go first <laughs> next time up. We have got back to Newmarket on the July course. It is the Fred Archer Stakes, a listed race. It's over one mile, four furlongs. This to me, Looks like a better class race than we've been looking at for the ones before. So no disrespect to the horses that are in there. This looks fairly juicy. Um, Charlie Appleby had the winner of the race last year in Rebels Romance. He has got New London as favourite in here. Alassie's just close in behind at two to one. Daryl, how do you split this? Is this not you fancy strong? No, this is very, very difficult, Dave, honestly. Um, like, James Doyle's on Kimari. William Buick's on, on New London. William Buick very rarely ever gets it wrong, as we know, but he's chosen right over Kamari for the last five times. So that's enough for me to be put off Kamari. New London's had a wind up tongue-tied first time, but obviously he's been off 293 days. So you're taking a bit on trust at 11 to 10. The same with Al Asi, who's been off 420 days. Again, you're taking a bit on trust. So I couldn't... I couldn't back the two at the top of the market, but nor would I want to be against them because I do think they're by far the best horses in the race. So it's very, very difficult to have a strong opinion. I suppose if you wanted to maybe take a chance, phantom flight for James Horton, step up and trip is surely a positive for this horse. He actually wasn't far behind New London in, um, when they met last year at, uh, in, a, in a Bet365 handicap uh, in July. And he just got no run and he was staying on strongly. He was never going to match New London, but... He is race fit, and stepping up and trip is definitely going to suit him. So I'd give him a very tentative selection, but I'm well aware that Alassie and New London are other class acts in this field. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm going to tread very lightly. Fair enough. So token selection more than anything out of interest, probably one to swerve, you'd say, for punters out there? Definitely. Superb. Andrew, give the punters something to get stuck into in this five-runner race, please. No, I'm very much in agreement with Daryl. It's a hard race to... Um you know, be confident about. I mean, Outbox won this two years ago when it's six to one shot, it's, um, 33s, I think, now. And, um, you know, you in these small field group and conditions races at Newmarket, um, you know, you often get a horse who just sort of gets that inside rail on July course and makes all, usually trained by Mark Johnson, though, but, you know, it wouldn't be the silliest, you know, sort of three quid to win a hundred that you've thrown away. Uh, Phantom Flight I looked at because you can back all James Horton runners on turf who weren't making their race course debuts and make a profit. Um, I mean, Phantom Flight is interesting because the um, uh, um, Sayuni I tend to regard as a sire whose progeny improved from the age of four but need slow ground on turf or ideally need polytrack. And, uh, but he did win on firm, um, fast ground at York last year. His dam won in the United States. I think his half-brother won in the United States, both on firm ground at Delaware or something like that. Probably drugged up to the eyeballs, though, so it wouldn't have matter what the ground was. But, uh, so, yeah, sort of phantom flight I could half make a case for. Kamari was only second in this race last year when I think a three-to-one shot. And, um, yeah, I just don't think he's right between the ears. He's, he's probably going to make the running, but he's probably going to set it up for something else. And it'll probably be New London in the uh, tongue-tie after the wind up. So I'll, I'll go New London, but, uh, yeah, it's the kind of race that I'm quite happy just to skip for betting purposes. Fantastic. So good advice all around there. You're giving a nice thorough analysis between the pair of you. But sit back, relax. But then we can get stuck into the 130, right? Northumberland. Sorry, is it the Northumberland Plate Handicap? Vars. The Constellation sorry. Race, isn't it? Yeah. Northumberland. Yeah, sorry, yeah. The Northumberland Vars. We walk on Northumberland Plate. It's 130. It's back on the Tipita, Papita, the All Weather. Blow Your Horn is currently four to one favourite. Carrying seven pounds extra. Athier is second favourite currently. Another one carrying extra weight in here. I think this race was won last year by Zoffi, who runs in the Northumberland Plate proper after. Where do you see this one going, Andrew? You got any stats or anything that can give us a clue yeah, towards the winner? A couple of interesting angles here. One is the draw. Um, Newcastle, big fields on the round course, um, distances of 10 furlongs or further. Very, very difficult to win from stalls one, two or three. The bigger the field, the harder it is. Um, we know that front runners um, have a terrible record um, on the feature at Newcastle, on the round course. And um, so if you're drawn very low, you're likely to get sort of shuffled back and you don't want to be coming to run up that far side rail. Um, so I'll be looking for something sort of drawn, you know, middle-ish, even high-ish, you know, even in a huge field like this. And the other angle is constellation races. Um, we, we saw yesterday with the uh, Carlisle Bell constellation race, um, number two on the race card, Clear Angel one. But basically, you go back to 2015, um, you just look at any race, any handicap called, uh, with the word constellation in its title. You'd make a profit of uh, almost 60 quid just back in the top three in the weights. Generally, the best horses who didn't get in the main event. And um, so you've got Falak and Appia, but they're both it's, uh, both drawn low, one and three. So I'm looking at winter watch for Harry Fry, um, third in the weights, coming out of stall 10. Well beaten last time out um, when Hangy left-handed and probably failing to handle the track at uh, you know Kempton, even though you know he has run respectably there before. Yeah, I just thought maybe give him a chance to uh, run a big race here around about 16 to 1. But uh, yeah, it's not a race that uh, I was particularly confident in, to be honest. Fair enough. Daryl, how do you see it? Nice big field to get stuck into again. Yeah, exactly. Same way, mate. I've got more of a stronger opinion in the, in the, in the race proper, to be honest. Um, but I was looking at La Hacienda, 
for for Matthew Smith. Uh, I, in fact, I like two of it. Both his runners in there. Uh, Cozone's a, a massive price, twenty-five to one. La Hacienda's around twelve to one chance. Uh, it, it, if you take the form of this horse's race last time out at Dan Royal, literally, where she's been beaten two lengths um, by some pretty useful horses in Power Palagi and Taipan, and even the former Aidan O'Brien runner Wordsworth was in behind, and she was staying on at the finish when denied a clear run. Like that form in the context of this race is very, very strong. Now she's coming over here. She she's gone well on to, on um, on your weather before. She looks quite progressive. Her RPRs are definitely rising. The last RPR that she recorded was ninety six. She's running off eighty five. Harry Davis claims three. Jewel installs six. I'd be surprised if she's not there or thereabouts. Um, she she's a strong stayer. Two miles at, at Newcastle definitely suit. She's interesting. Cozone's the other interesting one. Draw that stall eleven. Uh, for the same trainer, Jake Cohen, to claim him five off. This horse looks like he's working his way back to a bit of form. It, it, it threatens to be quite useful a couple of years ago. And uh, it's just very interesting that he brings them both over in this. This is a pretty weak race. Blow your horn. I can see why he's going to be popular. He's about, ten, I think he was around £10 lower than running third in this race last year. And obviously, he's an excellent fellow at the moment. He's, he's running, you know, he's looking for a four-timer. So he's obviously going well. Appia, I'm just concerned about his uh, stamina. Uh, same with Pantelianus as well. Um, so I'll go La Hacienda uh, around 12 to 1. Superb. So La Hacienda for you, Darren. It was win to watch for you, Andrew. Is that right? That's right. Superb. Right. Back to Newmarket. We've got the 150. It's the Criterion Stakes of Group 3. We've got Aldari in as the 7 to 4 favourite. He's looking to overcome a 400. And 20 day layoff, but he is a horse that's won on all types of grounds. Pogo won this race last year. Looks a pretty juicy race again for me, being a bit of a snob looking for the top end of stuff. I thought this Aldari before looked like he was quite a progressive horse. I don't know whether he's actually touched the ceiling or not yet. Darren, what's your views on him? Because again, you mentioned previously when these horses have had the big layoff, it can be something that puts you off. Would it put you off, Aldari? I've been watching the market very, very closely. He's won all three starts off the back of a break, so he has done it before. He, and and I have him down as a group one horse because I, I think I, I've always liked him. I thought he was, I think he's a proper horse. He's obviously just had his issues. The fact that Jim Crowley's on board is, is a positive. I I would look at it as a positive. Um, but I would keep an eye on the market. He's been very like lukewarm in the market in the anti, in, in the short term anti post leading up to the race. He was like a five to two at one stage, and I can't imagine it's because he wasn't running. So I can see he's in at around eleven to eight now. If he drifts, I'd be concerned. Um, I don't know why. I just I've just felt a bit unsure about him all week. And if he does drift, because he is far better than these in my opinion. If he does drift, I'd be very cautious of it. He's got his ground, ideal conditions. It's his first time at Newmarket, actually. So uh, that could be a, a, a factor. But uh, outside of him, it's, it's very much, it's very difficult. Sam Maximus steps up and trip. He's 25 to 1 outside, but he's got a good record here in July course. Narrowly beaten second last time on his last visit, and uh, he was a winner previously. Audience is a horse, I think, is we haven't seen the best of him yet. He, he absolutely dotted up at Leicester the last time we saw him, but it was obviously a lesser race than this. But he is definitely a seven furlong specialist. He's going to be a seven furlong specialist. And uh, we, we haven't seen the best of him. Buick's back on Jumby. Um, that was used to be a positive sign. Uh, he, he won at Haydock last time. But I, I do think that was a, a soft a soft race. Berkshire's shadow, probably the most interesting for me. Uh, dropping back from a mile to seven. Um, 
this is all strand of group one company the last twice dropping in grade as well his last start of his seven furlongs he was a good winner at wolverhampton on your weather recording rpi of 111. he hasn't had too many goes over seven furlongs prior to that he was beaten four lengths by nate trail on the duos that's pretty strong form i think in this race where there's a few interesting runners but uh but but nothing that really stands out. I mean, if Aldari's on his A game, he's going to be very tough to beat. But he, even if he is, Berkshire Shadow would definitely give him give him a race. So for me, Berkshire Shadow dropping back in trip, um, he should he should be going close. Pogo's just he's just not in the same heart as he was last year. I don't know if he's on the downgrade. I don't know if it's been the switch of tactics dropping back. If he goes out from the front, he could prove a different proposition than what he's shown the last twice. But I do think Berkshire Shadow is a very reliable yardstick. It's one last time in the Queen Anne beating five lengths. It's, it's not bad form in comparison to this. And a drop back to seven fouls can suit Happy days. So I will just say before we move on to you, Andrew, that Aldari, at the time of recording, he is top price available seven to four. The 11 to eight you quoted is the lowest price that is. So when you're touching on him drifting, etc., he is already a seven to four-ish poke. So if he was seven to four generally by the time this goes out, don't think that he's drifted out. You'd have to go bigger than that to do it. Pogo is taking up a good chunk of the market. It's been only around about 100 to 30, considering, like you say, in no sort of form. Andrew, how do you see this one? Yeah, I'll go with Pogo. I thought it was an odd move to run him in the Queen Anne. You know, a mile group one company. It was 125 to one shot. They held on to him. Um, you know, maybe he was just a social runner. Maybe it was a case of let's just, um, you know, um, put him spot on for this. I just sort of... You know, if they were going to pick up some prize money, that's what if they thought they could. You'd think, well, they'd probably go from the front. So, uh, yeah, I'd safely put a line through that. He won the race last year. He's drawn in stall two. If they come across to the near side, that'll be handy. Audience can make the running, but that audience has been off the track for 260 odd days, so might not uh, necessarily want to get into an early battle with for the lead with Pogo. Aldari, given that three from three first time out record, you've got to respect, but like you say, 420 day absence and. Uh, uh, Daryl's been kinder to Jim Crowley than um, I, I might be. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go Pogo to make all. Superb. So we're kicking off now with the Heritage Handicap. So kicking off, we're finishing off with the Heritage, the Heritage Handicap. Easy for me to say. The Northumberland Plate. This was the race last year that I feel like got the racing world probably in quite a positive stance because Trushan had that really impressive top weight carrying performance there's obviously opinions that go about those sorts of things after have we got a horse like true shan in again here last year we touched on zoffy who won the consolation race last year he's in here to me when i've looked through it it looks a pretty competitive race so andrew this has got to be a big duty handicap especially a heritage handicap this has got to be your bag right well uh, yeah I, I i guess so or has been in the past but i, I was a bit gutted about the one i put up in uh, racing football outlook earlier this week mountain road has come out with store one simcock um probably with spencer on board and a good record on the all weather second second by a nose first and first and one of those wins uh breaking the course record at chelmsford yet the race on to peter but uh, on reading uh absolutely shouldn't be a problem at all but i just store one draw I worry. I might, you know, given the price, 33 to 1 or thereabouts, I might just have to have a, have a small interest um, when I have a close look at the pace angle of the race, if it looks like being a lot of it. But you look at some of the others, I mean, Rajinsky tends to go from the front. That's no good here at um, Newcastle. Rainbow Dream is a horse I love, but Rainbow Dream has got a fantastic record in small fields, single-figure lineups, you know, virtually unbeatable uh, on the all-weather. You, know, you, you look at those um, you know, those wins, fields of eight, nine, seven, eight, seven, nine, four, five, three, four, four, eight, nine. Never won a double-digit size field. Um, 
25 to 1. Um, you, you could sort of say, you know, might once they thin out in the latter stages, might end up coming through and getting a place, but I'll probably leave uh, leave them alone. Calling the win just doesn't win often enough for me. He always attracts each way support in these sort of races. And, um, but again, he just he, he just seems to find one or two too good every time. Zoffer, you give a chance to on that um, Chester form. Um, you know, post-impressionists, you know, again, for, you know, first time out, stall 19. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about that, um, you know, as long as there's a good pace on. And Law of the Sea is another one that everyone sort of um, you know, has been well touted. First time cheap piece is a positive angle for Ian Williams runners and handicaps, but stall two is you're going to get hemmed in on the inside. Um, the Max We Can is another small field merchant, uh, no show at Royal Ascot. I've got him down as one to back the next time he runs in a small field, but sadly it's not here. Uh, Nathaniel Green, I can make a case for. Um, <coughs> But, um, you know, even Green Team, one of the outsiders trained by Ian Williams, might not be completely out of it. But I'll go tentative on Mountain Road, despite the draw, I think. So if the draw would have been a bit kinder, you'd have been fairly keen by the sounds of it. But it, it does yeah. look like type of race. Plenty in with chances, I think, in there. You haven't mentioned Zoffy, though. Daryl, give us a line on Zoffy before you crack up with whatever you fancy, please. Oh, it was a smashing run, wasn't there? Ascot. It came from miles back, miles off the pace. It's a, it a brilliant one. He's in great form. Look, he was fourth in the Cesaroes. He was second in the Chester Cup. He, you know, he doesn't do a lot wrong, does he? But I'm just wondering if he will again find one too good. And it's actually the horse that has already beaten him in the Cesaroes. And that is Vino and Victrix. I really fancy this horse for this race. I would just put a line through the last two runs. I know it sounds suspect already, but. Both in, in deep soft ground. He doesn't want soft ground. You go back for his record. He's only had a run. He was beaten 18 lengths at York on soft ground. They've avoided it since then. He, he's not got a bad record on the all weather despite the one win in, in eight starts. But he has been uh, in the frame on six in the first three and six of six of those eight starts. Prior to that, he um he was turned out quite quickly after finishing second in the Cesaris behind Run for Oscar, right? Uh Pontycrack. He was turned out like nine days later after a Cesarovich one. It just made absolutely no sense. So um, he went off a strong favourite for that. But I think you can put a line through that. I'm not I'm not a massive fan of these real stay and tests being turned out quickly. I, just, I don't think it. I don't think it works. Prior to that, he was very very progressive. He is rated 93. He's a pound higher than when second in the Cesarovich. And if you go back and watch that race, he didn't really get a clean run through, and he was staying on very very strongly at the finish. I think he's a well handicapped horse. I think this has been the target for him, and I, I think he's going to go very, very close. Uh, he, I think I don't know what the best price is on him at the moment. But I think he's been backed a little bit, which is a bit annoying. Um, Post impressionist, a favourite. I, I loved this horse last year. Like I, every time he ran, I had my money on him. I was getting so frustrated, and then finally he came good on his final start last season. The one, like sort of thing, I'd be worried about with him is that. If he gets caught further back than ideal, he hasn't really got the pace to sort of weave his way through. Do you get what I mean? He's a real out-and-out galloper. If it was if it was me, I'd be and I'm backing him. I'd be hoping that they're going to get out and try and get on the front end of things and just keep grinding away. This golden rules in second. I, I, I mean, I'm putting my neck on the line here, but I can't have that. Um, that 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 win at uh, at Kempton last time was like terribly slowly run what was it it was 10 seconds outside of standard just our top speed figure of 17 and just had the run of the race everything left him alone he was very very flattered in my opinion adjuvant is a, is a good horse andrew like says back to him a couple of times last year i think um he's progressive definitely progressive but 
I do. I am slightly concerned about horses that want to come from well off the pace like he does in these big field handicaps like this. I just think you're putting yourself at an immediate disadvantage. So I'm hoping I'll probably have a couple of quid on Lord of Sea because he stung me the last three times as well. But I'm hoping Vino Victrix is going to be ridden sort of midfield, and and I, I think this could be the five-year-old today for Huey Morrison. So Vino Victrix for me. Superb. You touched on the price there with him. Obviously, has been getting nibbled in. At the time of recording, he is 16 to 1 with a few bookies. So, is that sort of still juicy enough for you? Yeah, I've been taking anything more than 8 to 1, Dave. Happy days. Right. We are, I'm going to ask you if there's anything we should know about or any fancies you've got away from the seven race we've done. I'll quickly review those and then I am going to ask you for your naps. I'm chucking a nap in as well because neither of you have been able to put it off me. So, Daryl, I'll come to you first. Is there anything away from the seven we've covered that the viewers need to know about? Yeah. Tom, get your pen ready, mate. In the 30, this is not in time order. In the 307 at Chester, I think Princess Shabnam's going to go very well. In the eight o'clock at Doncaster, Smash uh, is interesting. He gets a first time visor. He won in first time pick cheek pieces last time. I think the market will be all over this solar orbiter. So Smash could cause a little bit of a surprise there. In the 355 at Windsor, Sly Madam. Caught the eye at Royal Ascot last week and returned to the scene of our last victory. She could go close. Uh, 4.30 at Windsor. Educator. Um, this is a horse for William Haggis who's failed to sort of build on his promise. But uh, last time at Kempton, he really did come home strongly. His closing sections were very good and he just could be ready to strike. The 5.05 at Windsor, I think Swift, if the draw doesn't become his undoing, he was another one who was finishing well at Goodwood last time. Um, he could go close. And 3.25 at the current pretty polystates, Fiat Sestina, who Andrew tipped to, to absolutely bolt up at Newmarket last time, uh, should be of massive interest. She, she should be a firm favourite. I haven't seen no prices if she's not. Four to one, I think, Daryl. I think about nine to four, seven to two, four to one. She's third in. Uh, well, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I mean, obviously the current might not might not suit her, but I do think uh, I do think she's a horse going places very fast. In a three oh five at Newcastle Noble, this horse returning to your weather. This we've not seen the best of this one yet, and people have written him off far too easily. Uh, and just let me say, on Sunday at the Curra. in the one fifty, His Majesty. If this horse turns out after Ascot in the railway stakes. Up to six furlongs, take a world of beating. And then in the six o'clock at the car on Sunday, Mr. Escobar. Will he get in the race? I'm not entirely sure, but this is a well handicapped runner from Willie Mullins. He was entered in the Northumberland plate, but he didn't get in. Um, I'm surprised he didn't go for the consolation race, but he's in on Sunday at the car. So keep an eye on toast. <laughs> I mean, you're most certainly going out of a bang. There was quite a few of them you sounded relatively confident on. So they will, they're going to go up on the graphic at the end of the video. So you'll be able to see every single one of those names. You don't have to worry about making a pen list. You'll be able to get that right off the back of it. Andrew, have you got as many fancies away from the ITV7 as Daryl has? No, nothing for me. No, I've got a, uh, <laughs> I've got a uh, uh, Windsor, the 430, uh, Youthful King, back at the scene of his latest success, drawn in store three. I've, I've not been through the, um, uh, looked at the pace map and seen um, how, other, how many other pace angles, if any, are there. But I was quite impressed with that um, third at Sandown last time when the track wasn't favouring his running style. The 540 at the Curra on Saturday, Newfoundland um, for Joseph O'Brien. I thought he'd run well on the Ascot stakes. They didn't run him in the end. And uh, he, he's so much favourite in his two runs for the yard. And, um, you know, a mile and a half too sharp first time, mile six too sharp second time. And he met trouble going up to two miles. First time cheap pieces, Ryan Moore on board. Not seen any prices, but I thought he'd run well. So that's it for uh, uh, elsewhere from me on Saturday. Superb. So there's plenty to get stuck into. I really appreciate your guys viewing on this sort of stuff as well, because it does help 
me as someone that does know horses to an extent on the flat navigate through it i know all the viewers will be really appreciative of it so again drop a like drop a comment with what your best bets are on the weekend we are going to quickly say what our naps are and this is going to be one hell of a nap from daryl because this i mean who knows what the future is. this potentially is daryl's last ever weekend watch <laughs> nap so i'm going to make the viewers wait for that andrew what's your best bet of the weekend um i'll go the first race in newcastle soldiers minutes around about eight or nine to one and um you know uh Good reasons for taking on those at the top of the market and could be a bit of value. Superb. My nap for the weekend is in that 150 new market, that Al Dari. I thought he looked like an absolute beast when we did see him 420 days ago. I know Daryl said about the price, there could be drifts and stuff, but I think he's well worth chancing at the price. And Daryl, we need a little, not the Twitter trumpet, but we need some sort of little fanfare. Honestly, pull it out, mate. Give us a, 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 something to go out with a bang. Give us a big bad boy nap. All right, Vino Vitrix will win the Northumberland Plate. Holy! Clip that! Clip that! Yeah, it if you're wrong, Daryl, don't come back next week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Super. Right. Well, like, again, thank you both again for your insight. Again, special thanks to Andrew for putting up for Daryl for so long, and I guess some sort of special thanks to Daryl for doing what he's done for all these years. It genuinely is really appreciated. Big thanks as well to Bet UK for again kindly sponsoring the video, and the biggest thanks has to go to you guys out there that support us, view these, comment, and interact. So, thank you again. We will see you again soon. No, well, not all of us, but some of us will be back next week. <laughs>